Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 69 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is Aaron Klein. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, we are happy to have you. Guys, so Aaron is the CEO of Work Assisted, and his passion is helping businesses save money and break through the next level by allowing them to successfully outsource their customer service, technical support, telemarketing, and secretarial work. And I know all of you are drooling now. You're like, wait, I don't have to do it, and I don't have to hire anyone to do it. Someone else is going to hire and train? Yeah. So... Way they work is they have an industrial engineer, as well as Aaron, the founder, look into the company to fully understand the goals and how it operates. They collaborate with you and they make sure that all of your stuff is taken care of. So I'm excited to talk to you today, Aaron, about like how this works. I think so many growing businesses can use services like this and could use the understanding of how you operate this. So I'm really excited to dive in. So am I, so am I. So before we go to like how you got here, I want you to tell me what is the biggest mistake you see people make when they try to outsource the first time? Well, it, a lot of times it depends on the mindset um, when people are looking to outsource. Um, typically when people think of outsourcing, they think of you know online virtual assistants, they try to go to the freelance websites, and many times they're just, they're, you know, the motivation that comes even to outsource is really about saving money. And while that is so important, and of course that's one of the major reasons to do that, um, but what happens is when they only think about saving money, they start to forget what it really takes to make sure that it's a quality outsourcing. Um, so what happens is, you know, they, they try to navigate themselves, they try to find the online virtual assistant or the online telemarketers or, you know, and what happens is that they stop to think about what it really takes in order to get it qualified. Of course, it really comes with experience and the know-how to do that. But it, a lot of times it's a mindset. So then and again- They're just looking for cheap so they don't get quality. Is that kind of it? Many times, yeah, many times. It's the, that's the one tier of you know, what type of people are looking, uh, you know, some people are looking for that. And the other type of um, business owners are looking to outsource bigger teams. Um, and that's even harder to navigate because, you know, while it's online, the companies try to be transparent, such as Upwork, et cetera, um, with call, you know, with call centers, they're even, they're much less transparent. So, you know, even if they're trying to focus on quality, it's just really, it, it, you know, it's really, uh, unknown and it's, it's either way, it's, it's not a simple thing, but it could be amazing if done right. Got it. Okay. So I'm hearing the biggest mistake is you think outsourcing is like a super simple, cheap solution and they go out there and they realize that at, not that you get what you pay for, but if you're not willing to invest in outsourcing as a solution for real, you just want to look for something cheap. You're not going to get out of it what it can really provide. Uh, yes, 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 exactly. Cool. How did you get into this? Like you sat one day, like, I don't like, you know, when a little kid sits and goes, I want to run an outsourcing company. Like how did this, how did this happen? Yeah. So it, it's a hilarious story. How it worked was that 
I uh, was actually hired by an energy provider. Uh, they sold gas, electricity, and what would you know? They would sell to homeowners across the U.S. and they were using a call center actually in India. Like Ambit, like one of these MLMs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so similar to that. I, I, I apologize. I called you. <laughs> Whenever it's okay. Said, like an energy company, because here's the thing: they always mean Ambit. Like that's always what they mean. Like they may as well just say it because that's yeah. always what it refers to. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's actually this unnamed energy company. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. No, it's okay. So there's actually like utilities in every location. You know, not yeah. to get too that. Um, and then there's these private, you know, owned companies that are just there to give you better deals on that. So they actually supply it too. Anyhow, um, the thing is that they were so the, they hired this Indian company to do telemarketing for them. And um, the problem was, is that this company wasn't, wasn't doing well. They, it wasn't even that they weren't doing, they weren't making sales. They were, but there were so many issues with quality that went into legal issues. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, the customer service was just so bad. And while on the one hand, it looks like it's making money, it's actually causing a lot of, you know, bigger problems. They're actually losing customers. Um, so they actually... Okay. Uh, instead of switching, so normally you would switch to another call center if you have a problem. Um, so what the owner decided to do was, you know, uh, to stick with the company and hire me to manage the company that they were outsourcing to. So oh, if you understand what that means, it's a little bit crazy. Um, so, you know, for me, it was a very interesting opportunity. Listen, I'm not his consultant, so I'm not going to tell him what to do. Um, for me, it was a great opportunity because I would say, okay, so on the one hand, you know, I was very involved in the energy company. On the other hand, I was very involved with the outsourcing company. So um, basically, I took the job. It was a well-paying job. And um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, after a couple of years working on them, I actually changed a lot of things around and it was improved. Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, there were still many issues within the infrastructure that just wasn't going to change, which is why most people like actually what? switch companies. Be more like, specific. I'll I tell like you. They uh, have the gory details for us. Because <laughs> again, this was like this is a massive multi-billion-dollar operation. I'm saying this is a huge company. This is yeah, it, it's a big company, <clears throat> but the problem was that the to, to get um, just to explain it is that these the Indians you know, there's a reason why there's a stigma for them. Again, of course, I love all race, but there is a reason why there's a stigma for them that when people think, oh, Indian telemarketers are just coming to scam me. Now, they weren't technically scamming, but like when there was customer service issues, they would, if they took the patients for two seconds to understand what the person was complaining about, they would be able to help the person. Um, when it came to actual sales, there, there were unethical sales going on. So it was like a cycle. There was like unethical sales going on. And then therefore, there was more customer service problems and the customer service weren't getting help. So it was just like a, a terrible cycle. And But wouldn't they go back to training? Meaning like, no, I don't think there's any person, race, subculture that's like inherently like that. I feel like if you train people properly, couldn't anyone do that? Or do you say it's really like culture based? So, so what I'll tell you is like this, of course, there are amazing Indians and I don't want to say it's culture based. It was, it was more also the people who were running it. No, there are a lot of companies in India. So it was their company culture. Yeah, it was the, it was okay. the company culture and it was just, 
it was the mindset they had. So they used their, their mindset and they were just, um, they, like I spoke to the trainers, I spoke to the managers, I spoke to them every single day. We had video calls all the time and they were very, um, they, like, they listened to me, but I can say things a hundred times and it wasn't, it wasn't going to work. And their mindset was that I want to go home with X amount of dollars and I don't care what it takes in order to get that money. Now the, the problem, system, you, they were, were they only rewarding sales? Is that they're rewarding sales? But even with customer service, it was just like, I don't care about being here. I'm just coming here to take some money and get and go home. And it, it's like, you know, we really tried changing it from the top because we are, we were their biggest client. And I can imagine as a pretty big company. Right, right, right. No, they had a couple of clients, but we were their biggest one. And we really tried, I even tried sending incentives, even though we're not the company. Like I really tried going around because the owner was really stubborn about not switching. So I said, okay, listen, this is what it is. I'm going to make the best out of it for him. And that's it. So to do my job. Um, so with all, it was from the agents, telemarketers, managers, everyone's mindset was just, I just want to go home with the paycheck. That's it. Um, Wait, so it's like then, split out just because like for, for the uninitiated agents are customer service agents. Yes. So those are the people. If someone had trouble, it would go to them. And they'd be like, hello, Energy, you know, can I help you? And the customer would say, I have a problem. I'd be like, okay, can't fix that. Better luck next time. <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. Oh my God, that was so exactly those are the agents. Then you got telemarketers. Yes. Hello, I'm calling from Ambit Energy. Would you like to get some better, cheaper energy for your house? Great. Yeah. Um, and then who else is there? Then there's managers managing the telemarketers and the agents. Right, okay. right, right. So exactly, exactly. So that's what it was. And everyone and was just in it for the money. No one really cared about the people. No one cared about the people. But the problem was, is that if in, in, at the end of the day, every company is run by the, by the CEO. You know, you can have managers and trainers, but it all comes back up from the top. And he had that mindset as well. The problem was, is that if the company would have changed their mindset from short-term focus to long-term and did not care about every single penny, and would focus on more making the client happy. They actually would have, you know, if you heard the end of the story, they, they probably would have done a lot better and made a lot more money long-term. Totally. Um, and, and playing the long I, game is, exactly. in my opinion, always the way to go, but not everyone plays that way. Not everybody does. And, it, and they were the farthest from that. And, but the thing is, I play that way to 100% degree. And after a few years of working with them and really trying to change things, like I went down a couple of times, every so often I would go down, I really tried being hands-on. What's it um, like there? I've never been to India. Uh, it's very interesting, a really beautiful place. Um, some places have cows walking in the street. That's um, so cool. <laughs> very, it's very cute. It's very, you know, right outside the building, they had like, you know, a bunch of farm animals walking by. Oh my gosh. It's like, you have this like industrial, like professional office complex and then like farm animals. Strolling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what it was. Wow. It was very funny. And so, um, it, yeah, it was very interesting going there. It's, it's a really beautiful place. But when at some point I just, I just couldn't, you know, accept the fact of people working in such a way. And for me, you know, I, I'm an idealistic person and to work with a company that's so much focused on the short term and we just weren't covering enough ground. It was, you know, I could have done the work I did with them. I could have done in six months versus three years. And it was just moving so slow because there was a, you know, a brick wall set up from just the way they were working. 
So when I went, I, at one point, I just came over to the owner and said, listen, um, you need to switch call centers. I'm happy to work with you, obviously, but um, you got to switch call centers. And I said, you know, may, pick the Philippines. Uh, that's what I recommended. And I said, do that. So he said, you know, he didn't want to switch, but he says, okay, he just told me to go, go and check things out. So I checked out call centers in the Philippines. Um, and the reason why I picked the Philippines is because Filipinos are really sweet people, the nicest people. They really just want to please and do good service. And that's what they're known for. Um, so I checked out a lot of call centers there and it, I just wasn't satisfied enough. And, you know, I, I came up with a few suggestions for him and I told him, I said, okay, switch to these couple of call centers. Just pick one of them. He didn't want to switch. And after trying to convince for months and months, I said, listen, you know, I love working with you, but I, I can't deal with, you know, the, the company culture that we're working with, the call center. I, I don't really, I'm not really able to work like that. So if you don't switch to that, to another call center, um, I'm just going to leave, you know? So that's what I told him. And he didn't want to. So I said, as I was walking out, I said, listen, I'm going to leave. And one day I'm going to open my own call center and you're going to become my client. Like, that's what I told him. And... and and it happens. So now he's my client and we're doing very well with him. And we're selling much more than he sold with the other company with the customer services doing much better than there. Um, but the reason why he switched with me was to, to my company is because he, he, he had a trust issue. He built in years. He's just too afraid of failure and he didn't want to trust anybody um, because he knew me and he saw how I worked it was almost no question that once I built infrastructure, he would switch over and that's how it happened. So, um, but my passion of why I did that was because I felt that in general, it was a problem, not just India, not just Philippines in general, in order to get a call center or an outsourcing company, right? We just didn't do phones. We also did secretarial work, right? In order to um, do an outsourcing company, you really need to understand the company that you're working with which means that if there is, let's say, a, um, an e-commerce company or let's say, and then, they, and then there's a call center that says, okay, I'll provide you customer service, right? The level of integration is so high that you can't really do it well unless you're very professional and that you care. And I feel like you know, a lot of the outsourcing companies didn't care enough in order to integrate at a very high level. That in the end of the day, they would they would focus on the ROI of the client, and it was from call centers to even just you know low level virtual assistants going online. Right, it takes a lot in order to get it done, and unless you know what you're doing and you you actually care, it's very hard to service a client um, because it takes a lot to get it done. So it was kind of like my frustration. Did they become your clients? I'm like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> Taking too long to get to the end. Did they? Did they? <laughs> did they? What do you mean? The, the, out, the, the energy company? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They became became your client. Yes. We're selling 400% uh, what they got with the Indians and, and the Indian company. I'm sorry. And uh, the customer service is much better. Um, they're really issues are handled on the first that call. That is cool. Um, how many years? How long? Maybe it wasn't even years. How long from when you left and built your own company did they switch and become your client? Right. So it was... Over, it was probably like a year and a half um, because I, I, you know, he was, after a couple of months, me doing it, he already was, he was already approaching me because we were, we were in touch and, um, and I, I didn't want to take him yet because 
I know what it takes in order to run his, you know, to run the call center. Right, you already done it. You knew what capacity and you needed to be at to do successfully. Exactly, exactly. So I wanted to wait until we were built up strong enough in order to be able to handle his infrastructure, even if it was as little as a small pilot program with just four or five people to start. I wanted Can to I just wait. say I love this? I feel like that's so many people's dream where they're like employed and the boss makes them do something and they don't like how it has to be done. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to do it myself. And instead of being your employee, I'm going to be the boss and you're going to be my client. And you did it. That is so cool. You're like, you're, you literally did what there are millions of people. I feel like who, who dream every day of doing that, of leaving their job, running their own thing and their boss becomes their client. Right, right. Well, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you, I was scared. Um, it's, it's amazing that it worked out, but I was scared. You know, it's starting from scratch. I uh, remember I was just, a, I was just managing it. Like I can't even say I was like the COO of a call center because I was in a funny uh, predicament where I was working the energy company side. And then like, I guess you could say I was the chief outsourcing uh, you know, uh, custom, you, you know, the chief CEO, outsourcing chief manager, outsourcing officer. <laughs> outsourcing officer of the energy company. You can say that, but I, you know, in order to be able to establish that, you know, I had to, you know, the companies in the Philippines, I had to build relationships there. Um, I had to find good staff. I had to find people I could trust. I mean, you know, I may not have trust issues, but you're going in a different country. You know, you need to be able to do that. So, so how do you do that? Point. Cause I know like for me, like we, we tried outsourcing. I my entire team is virtual, yeah. Um, and I actually tried. No one's in the Philippines. I tried one person in the Philippines about six months ago. I tried actually a couple of people through a company, not Upwork, like a more um, small company. I'm not going to say the name because this is what happened. Um, and it was a complete disaster. And and for me, I think it was like we we realized we gave her too much too fast like we needed to to get her in way slower um but like the time wasn't being tracked properly things were sent over weren't confirmed um approximate times weren't given in advance so like um we got two people we got one person to do some back-end web dev and then we got um like someone for the admin team and the web dev put in like 35 hours without ever like checking out on a job that would have taken any of my internal team like six hours or less. I was like, I don't know what you did. Either you're lying or you're completely incompetent because that was a six hour job. Right. You know, right. And to the company's credit, they credited me back everything. Like when we showed them, when we showed them the mandate, when we showed them the back and forth, when I said like, I, like, I hear it was my bad. Like I should have said like, give me a time estimate and tell me like I never dreamed someone would work that many hours on such a tiny job. Right, right, right. I hear <laughs> I that all the time. I don't know what you did. Like, I already have a team of people who do this. I was not doing this as a new thing. I was doing this to add capacity. I know what right. this takes to have happen. I have people who do it, even if it takes you double as long. Let's say my team is higher level. That's why I pay them more. Let's say it takes you 12 hours. 35 and you weren't done. What did you do? Start rebuilding <laughs> the whole thing with bricks? What did you do? Wow, wow. It was crazy, I, but they, they, they credited me, which was nice of them. But I was like, I'm not doing this again. That's good. You don't get that too often. You don't get that too often. No, they, they have, the, the company was great. I just, I was, I was personally burnt from the experience. I was like, no, I need my staff to work directly for me, with me. I need to control the entire, I'm control break. I need to control the entire process A to Z. Like I need to hire you. I need to set your salary. I need to be the one to like tell you exactly how this works. Um, and so that was, but at the same time, like 
I, I love the idea of it. Okay, we're gonna get more into that in, in a few minutes. So, so where's the company right. at now? Where have you landed? How many years are you doing it? Right, so we're doing it for about like uh, over four years now, closer to okay. five. And, and you have the team in the Philippines. Right, right, right. So just in the Philippines, um, we're actually opening a second location, but we're there in, in the main city in Manila. Awesome. And yeah, so we have our offices there. And you go there? Are there cows walking outside? I've no, I know nothing. No, about not there. Not there. There's probably no cows alive in that city because it's very okay. polluted. But um, okay. yeah, so I have to go down every couple of months. Um, my wife kind of hates it, but there's no choice. So uh, I really just go in there to, you know, to see what's going on, connect with the staff. Um, I think that's the only way. Like for me, that's, I think, what bothered me also is that, you know, I'm not there. Right? Like even though my whole team is virtual... I haven't met everybody, but I, I guess I understand where they are so well. Like if you're really managing a staff of a company, I don't know, how could you not go down there? Well, it, it really depends. Honestly speaking, I think one of the big mistakes that people don't realize is that even, you know, everyone can think what they would want about people who are overseas, not Americans, you know, third world country. But at the end of the day, um, when somebody works virtually, they, they, you know, they don't, you know, the companies here, let's say many times, they won't take in consideration what it takes. Like they, if let's say, you know, a girl comes into your office and you, you would train her in, you would supervise her. I'm sure there's like a long list of checklists that every day you need to make sure that she does ABC, right? When someone works, you know, not in your office remotely, um, you know, the same, um, the same focus and, and to attention isn't there. And the same process you would normally do just because you think, okay, it's working remotely. So I'm just, it's people just think, you know, I'm completely delegating it. And what, you know, delegation is great, but that oversight doesn't usually happen because it's just people aren't used to doing that. Um, so, and especially so with- So for me, I do it. I'll tell you where I got stuck. When I hired through an outsourcing company, I didn't do it. And I think that was my mistake, right? When I, cause my entire team is virtual. I got, I got one person who comes in now just a summer intern. I don't really have anyone permanent that comes into my physical office. And right. I like it that way because I'm in meetings the entire day. If people were here, like knocking on my door, instead they have to message me and wait for me to answer them. <laughs> like right. I'm in touch with my team all day, all day, all day. And we have a full onboarding process set up. And then when I outsource, I guess, and, and maybe this was my mistake, maybe this is a mistake other people make. Also, I was like, oh, okay, like you're pre-trained, you're pre-qualified, you're, you're almost pre-onboarded, I just have to tell you what to do. And, and maybe that was really the big mistake I made. Well, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people have that type of mistake where they do something like that. Um, they just assume things are working out. But also you need to take in consideration is that with, if I work with, if you and I would work in the same office, right? And I need to let you know something, I won't need to message you every time if I want you to do something, I would just walk over. I'd walk over to your office. That's it. I would see you in the hallway. I would just tell you. So um, in order to communicate and work, people aren't uh, attuned to um, going so much out of their way just to let someone know casually that they need to get handled because not everybody can focus on like all aspects of the project they're giving over. So what they do is in order, you know, as the way we think, we'll just, you know, some things will tell you, you know, like we'll walk right over to you. And then other things like when we see you, maybe we'll go in the office. It doesn't take that much focus. And, um, and people also aren't used to that as well. But there's one third thing that, that you know, that we all need to understand is that when, when you outsource, especially with, with Filipinos, they're very much task oriented. That's how they focus. That's how they think. 
So if you're going to give them a task, you, you need to understand is that they won't just, okay, just build me a website or just answer all of the calls. And it really needs to be laid out very carefully. Every little thing needs to be discussed. If you want them to work with you in a certain way and you have a certain style, you need to explain that to them. And even more, you need to write that down and then send them a PDF to their email about how you would like them to work with you. But very, very clearly, take that time. Um, a lot of people don't do that. They try to just you know, say, okay, here, answer only customer service for Amazon queries. You know how to do that, right? Okay, great. There's my <laughs> login, username, and password, and just, just answer them. You don't have to do this. But a lot of times people have, first of all, their own specific things, how they like to do things. Um, that's one. And even if you don't, and you're pretty average on how, you know, neutral, how you like to do things, you still need to explain it to them because you can't expect them to understand and to think out of their box, you know, with a critical thinking mindset to be able to do that, you know, whatever task you need to get done. Um, and then again, it's also, it's course, it's vetting. Do they really know what they're doing? Just because they have a good, you know, resume on Upwork or just because they're recommended to you um, by FreeUp or a call center gives them to you, it, you need to really be able to see yourself. Um, and a lot of people, you know, um, they, they really don't do that because how do they know what's considered good, right? How do you know if somebody's actually good? Um, you know, you have to be able to know them. You have to also, again, you're working with Filipinos. Um, they have vast of different types of experiences. They've probably worked for 55 companies before you because it's just how it works there. So a lot of these things that people don't know about and don't know how to do, um, we already know how to do all that because, you know, we've worked with people, whether they're just hiring three employees, sometimes even one teams of 15 or 20, like we've worked with all the different types of clientele um, with all the different struggles, whether it's a guy who was planning using Upwork and uses us, or whether it's a company that was planning on outsourcing 40 employees to a huge call center, like we know all the struggles. And, I like that. How many know, people do you have out there right now? So we have right now over 100, 120, close to 120. And, and uh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So, and. Cool. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?